It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for downloading us once again, making us part of your daily routine. We are here Monday through Friday. However you listen to us, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Thanks for for downloading us after a horrible, just Another horrible loss to start the season. I know we're injury riddled right now, but God, these losses really don't feel good. Uh, I am John Corrales, joined by Jay King tonight. And Jay, I don't know, man. What the hell? What the hell? What the hell? This this one was tough to take because the Celtics, they punted the game away in the first three quarters. Like, there was a span. They... They weren't good in the first half. Came out after the in the third quarter, like there was one play. The Pelicans forced a turnover. Anthony Davis goes in. He's he gets contested, misses the shot. None of the Celtics hustled back. Avery Bradley's at the three point line watching. Kelly Olynyk's out of the picture. Like hustle back, guys. Get the rebound instead. Tim Frazier got the board, put it in. And that was the kind of effort early. And then, you know what? They tried to come back late. Isaiah Thomas went bonkers in the fourth quarter. Marcus Smart made a ton of huge plays on the glass, defensively, everything. And it it didn't matter because they were bad early. And once you get in a close game at the end, mistakes happen. Sometimes Kelly Olynyk fouls a jump shooter at the buzzer, uh, right, right before the buzzer, and you lose by one. So... The Celtics did it to themselves with really a bad effort early on. Yeah, terrible. What's not terrible, I will tell you this. Mack Weldon, who is bringing you the show tonight. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Uh, we will give you a promo code to go there and get some good stuff with a 20% off discount in a few minutes. So thanks to Mack Weldon. Be sure to check them out. The, uh, the, this is is getting old. It's getting old. The They, they came out. They were okay. You get about eight minutes worth of effort, and then it just all went to crap. And then they try to make it up at the end. It's like they don't understand that they can't be good with no effort, especially without Crowder and Horford. But I'm even getting sick of mentioning the fact that they don't have those guys. And I understand that those guys are really, really important. But that does not excuse the lack of effort, which is this is what the third or fourth game this season where we're talking about this. They've played 10 games. They're 500 team right now, but 
it still doesn't excuse these plays where guys are standing around and they're just letting guys fly in from the three-point line and put back follow dunks or tip-ins. That part I don't get, Jay. I just don't get how these guys can sit there and talk and talk and talk in the locker room after games where they blow it because of no effort and say we need to have this uh, effort and have this swagger, but they it's just talk. And from a fan's perspective, it just sounds like bullshit. How much of this can can they spew before we just get sick of hearing it? And I know it's really early and it's not going to matter, I don't think, in the long run, but it's still – it's. It's horrible to see and really disconcerting that this team, after multiple games where effort has cost them to come out against the worst team in the league and have effort cost them again. Yeah. To be fair, like I, I, I think it's you're, you might be understating how much Crowder and Horford matter. You know, w- without Crowder, James Young's in the rotation – he gets beat on a miscommunication a couple times. Uh, a, a, really did not play up to a standard from the game against the Pacers. So that mattered. Uh, because Horford's out, now you go to Tyler Zeller on the bench. Now you have Jordan Mickey, who was okay for a few minutes against Anthony Davis. But that matchup's going to be a mismatch. So you go deeper into that bench. And guys that are young, guys that are inexperienced, guys that won't play when they're Celtics are fully healthy they're making mistakes and the bench was was really bad against the Pelicans it was I thought Jalen Brown had some good minutes but other than that the bench didn't give him too much Mickey had a a few nice plays in a row but that was about all he gave the Celtics and you know Tyler Zeller I thought again he he didn't play with much force he 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 was beaten down low by Alexis Agensa a couple times can't have that it's it's like so so it is a huge deal that Crowder and Horford aren't there, but at the same time, it's the Pelicans. It's the Pelicans. <laughs> you got to beat the Pelicans. And, you know, I thought the Celtics got whatever they wanted early. The first six minutes, all they took were layups and three-pointers. And they, the three-pointers were all pretty open, at least. And th- they played great offense early and then kind of just struggled for a long time after that and put themselves in jeopardy. Of, of losing the game on kind of some, not some fluke plays, but, you know, some, some, some tough plays down the stretch. And that's what happens when you don't put together a full 48 minutes. And part of that, I think, is that they're going deeper into the bench than they want to, and they're playing younger guys. And it's, it's, the bench isn't going to be a plus, or at least as big a plus as it will be when they're fully healthy. And on this night, the bench, bench really got outplayed. And that it was just an ugly loss, ugly, ugly loss. And, and th- Thomas almost dug him out of it. Thomas, Thomas had one hell of a fourth quarter, eighteen points in the fourth, just relentless going to the hoop. But it, it wasn't enough because you know they played again, just just struggled for too long. Yeah, the the numbers for the bench not really pretty. They were outscored fifty-seven to twenty. So they were outscored. By 37 points in a one-point loss uh, in the bench. Which, okay, it's a fair point that in a fully healthy on a fully healthy team, your first sub off the bench would be Kelly Olynyk, who was starting rather than Jordan Mickey. So, yeah, that point is taken. 
And instead of Jalen Brown coming in, it'd be Marcus Smart coming in because Jay Crowder would have started. Yeah, okay, that's that would change a lot about what happened in this game. That aside, though, it, it just it still bothers me that they make the same effort based mistakes, and that that is just going it's just going to stick with me that they seemed to just back off after that early uh, that early onslaught and settled for jumpers when they could have attacked. If it, Isaiah Thomas was attacking, but I don't know how many other guys were. It just it just didn't feel like they were. They, they took 41 three-pointers. The Celtics took 41 three-pointers, and there were seven of their first 15. So that means they were five of their last 26. Is that right? Yes. Uh, math math isn't my strong suit. That sounds right. It sounds yeah. about right. Five of their last 26, <laughs> which is not good. That's not good. That's not a good number. So, Certainly not good. Not and a good number. To me, to me, it's like you can get away with the bench not scoring because you've got Isaiah Thomas. You've got Avery Bradley. You've got Kelly Olenek in the starting lineup. What, what you can't have is Langston Galloway going off for 21 points and – getting a number of easy buckets until the basket looks really big. Every single game, it seems, the Celtics are letting a end-of-the-bench player score 20 points. It's, it's happened way too often. Another thing that's happened way too often, free throws, rebounding on free throws, offensive rebounds. How do you give up offensive rebounds on free throws? It's happened a couple times at the last three or four games. Just box out, guys. Go get it. Uh, and then... You know, you can't have Terrence Jones, 15 points to 10 rebounds for him. All of it came inside the paint. He was just too physical for them. And uh, it's, you, so that, that's what you can't have. It, it's okay to have, have your bench not score a ton, but you can't be giving up the easy baskets. And you can't be letting guys who really shouldn't be having huge games have huge games against you. You know what you can have? Comfortable underwear or a comfortable hoodie. Are you wearing your hoodie? I, I am not wearing my hoodie right now, but I wish I were. If I were wearing my Mack Weldon hoodie, I'd be so much more comfortable right now. I'd say the only thing that's making me feel good right now is the fact that I'm wearing my Mack Weldon underwear that I bought from MacWeldon.com. And you can get a pair of this underwear, and you can get 20% off of it by using the promo code LOCELTICS. Now, Mack Weldon, I'm going to tell you, it's better than whatever you're wearing right now. From socks to underwear, shirts, undershirts, the the J King approved hoodie, all of it. Oh yeah, it's it's all there. Smart design, premium fabric, fabrics, uh, better than whatever you're wearing. They have a line that is uh, the silver line, so naturally antimicrobial, which means it eliminates odor. And now they gave us uh, a bit of money to go shopping. We each got our stuff. I love my Mack Weldon socks. They're not only comfortable, they're stylish. Uh, like I said, the underwear, very comfortable. It's performance uh, fabric, so you can wear it to work out. It's not just for – you can wear it every day. You can go to work. You can go out on a date. You can, But you can work out in it too, and it, it's all uh, performance stuff, uh, and it works great. The best part about MacWeldon.com is the uh, experience, the shopping experience, which – 
Jay, you know, we got on there and it's like the more we bought, the bigger the discount got. Very easy to find yep. stuff. And then on top of it, we got this promo code, LO Celtics. So if you go to MacWeldon.com, that's Mac with a K, MacWeldon.com, go put in the, the, the promo code LO Celtics. You get 20% off. Uh, you're going to really enjoy that shopping experience. You're going to really enjoy the stuff that you're wearing. It's really comfortable. Uh, and it's it's great. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't tell you it wasn't. I wouldn't tell you it was if if it wasn't. No lie, I used I used to listen to podcast reads like this one, and I would be like, "Man, these guys are have to be lying about this Mac Weldon stuff. It can't be that comfortable, right?" But no, that hoodie true. is is next level comfort. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, I got the uh, I got the Pima Cotton uh, long sleeve uh, T shirt, which is really nice and soft. It's great. It's great. You know what's great for? It's great for sleeping in when this this weather has gotten a little cold. It's nice, comfortable. The long sleeves, it's warm. It's really great for, for sleeping in. So, yeah, uh, MacWeldon.com, 20% off with the promo code LO Celtics. Check it out. I feel better the after Celtics, saying all that. Yeah, although the Celtics <laughs> could have used a damn promo code for something tonight. <laughs> 20, 20% off uh, Pelicans bench scoring. That would have that yeah, made a maybe, big difference. Maybe if Brad Stevens had told Kelly Olynyk, "Lo Celtics," then Olynyk wouldn't have fouled Tim Frazier on a damn Kelly, jumper. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. can't can't be doing it. Just unbelievable. Uh, using uh, we've asked people to use the hashtag Rain and Jays on Twitter during games, and and you have. And here's a good one here from at JD Hollings. Celtics are in the bonus to the last seven minutes of the fourth and won't drive to the, in, to the lane. Does anyone po- don't have anyone to post up besides Horford? Question mark. Uh, that this is a note that I made. That yeah, Isaiah Thomas was attacking, but I wanted to see the Celtics look. And it was beyond that. It was the last eight and a half minutes of the game where they had the Pelicans in the bonus. You just Keep going to the hole. Keep forcing the issue. Keep attacking. Keep setting picks. And I don't want you to get too far out of your offense, which is a risk when something like this happens. But, geez, they're in the penalty. You've been struggling all night. Just get them into positions. They're not a good team. Get them into positions where they can foul you. Force the issue. Force some contact. Force the referees to blow the whistle. And just march to the line. And instead of this last-second crap, just march to the line and get the free throws. And they could have probably won going away if they had just kept going and attacking, I feel like. See, I I didn't hate their offense done in the fourth quarter. I thought Isaiah Thomas was relentless going to the paint. You know, I'm I'm looking at their shot chart right now. They, They hit seven out of nine layups. So they got nine layup attempts in the fourth quarter. That's huge. To me, what what stood out was you know they're they're down three or down two midway through the fourth. They get wide open looks for Bradley, Jarebko, Thomas. They just don't go down, and sometimes those don't go down. So I'm not going to blame them for running good offense and taking good shots. You don't force it into the middle. You don't force you know trying to get to the paint and drawing free throws. They were getting to the paint and then they were kicking out, and they just didn't hit enough shots. They they. Just, it was ugly after the first quarter they're shooting it was it was like transforming back to last year man when, when they used to launch and miss and launch and miss and launch and miss some more <laughs> so 
it, it was it, I wasn't mad about the the lack of free throw attempts down the stretch. I, I thought they played good offense, and the one possession I really had an issue with was with thirty some odd seconds left after I forget what had happened, but Bradley got the switch on Anthony Davis and just pulled up for three. And th- yeah. that was that actually that was that was a lot less than thirty seconds left. Um, but that was the one I had the the most issue with. I think was that they didn't get a better shot there. And even then, it's like okay, Avery Bradley, he's really good shot, really good player, got a shot with enough time to go after an offensive rebound. So it wasn't all bad. But that that's the one that stood out to me that they should have gotten a better look. Yeah, uh, I don't. I just don't think they executed down the stretch very well. It was Isaiah Thomas who was awesome. Isaiah Thomas down the stretch was fantastic. Uh, but I don't think – and there was, there was one possession towards the end. I forget exactly how much time was left on the clock. But Bradley did have an open shot, and he hesitated, and he just got the ball to Isaiah. And I, I felt like in that moment – and this was with about – I want to say 40 seconds or so. It was less than a minute. I remember him on the left left wing. He got the ball. Plenty of space. He could have shot it. It was a great opportunity to get an open shot, an open three, a chance to get the rebound. It was, it was, uh, it was his shot. That was his shot to take. And he kind of looked like he was going to, but then he said, nope, let me get it to Isaiah. And yep. it was... That moment right there told me that as much as I love where Avery Bradley has gotten, he still has a he still has another step to go forward. Where that's something that he shouldn't have hesitated, and I think the guys towards the end uh, got a little too Isaiah focused. That they didn't just keep doing, uh, they didn't keep executing good offense. They just kept trying to get it to Isaiah because he's the guy that can get to the rim. And, you know, uh, right after the game, here's Avery Bradley's quote. I don't feel like we played as well as we should have. My my uh, parenthetical remark, no shit. Uh, but he continues, <laughs> it can't just be Isaiah. It has to be other guys making plays and shots. So it feels like he recognizes that, other guys have to be making plays and making shots, but that that one possession where he hesitated and got it to Isaiah, I felt like they got maybe a little too into the get it to Isaiah and get out of the way mode, which almost won the game. But still, they someone else, and this highlights the need I think for someone else to be that guy. And when Horford is back, he can be that guy. Hopefully, someone else has to be willing to take that shot. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see that. You know, obviously Isaiah had it really going, and and I get wanting to feed him, but on that particular circumstance, Bradley was wide open. He had he had a, a great shot, great look, and passed it up. And you can't be passing those those looks up. Before before we continue talking about the end, we we need to talk about Marcus Smart. Getting absolutely crammed on, and then <laughs> flopping, drawing drawing the offensive foul call. Basically, he just he just got jumped over. Solomon Hill literally cleared Marcus Smart, dunked all over him, and 
Smart flopped enough to get the foul call. And, <laughs> and that wasn't enough for him like that. He got the call and he really, really lucked out. I know where you're going he with this. Like, he got up and just trolled the hell out of Hill. <laughs> Smirked at him, got up, did, like, the whole The whole, the whole offensive foul call with the call. hand behind it the was, back, the college-style charge call. Yeah, the full hand motion and everything. That was that was unbelievable. That <laughs> I laughed so hard watching Marcus Smart do that. Just, just absolutely troll Solomon Hill in the middle of a game. After, literally, that would have been the highlight of Solomon Hill's entire career. And it was wiped away because of Smart's flop. And he that, just trolled. Just such a troll. That would have been like the NBA highlight of the season. That would have been when the season is over and they count down the league's best plays. That would have been that entire sequence because it started with Anthony Davis blocking the shit out of Amir Johnson's dunk attempt. And then he got the ball up. And then it would have been Hill just completely pulling a Vince Carter jumping over somebody for the dunk. And Marcus, I, he flopped for sure. But he did, he, he, he did get hit. But I don't know. It was – he got lucky there because that wiped out what would have been the probably – one of the NBA's top two or three plays by the end of the season. That, that <laughs> block, that block on Amir Johnson was nasty. Yeah, but that that flop and then troll was that was my favorite part of the game. <laughs> that had yeah. me dying laughing. I couldn't stop laughing at Marcus <laughs> Smart's reaction. If if you guys are are on Twitter, go go find that Kyle George posted the. His his handle is at Caillou, K-Y-O-O. And he posted the picture of Marcus Smart smirking at Solomon Hill after it. And it is amazing. <laughs> it is well worth going to check that out. Oh, man. Okay, so that was that was the fun. And now we can get back to talking about, like, Kelly Olenek screwing up. And why, why, why was Tyler Zeller throwing the ball in when you're down one with less than three seconds left, and you need to go the whole length of the court. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, Why was he... You had to think that there was a better passer, a better passing option. Why not Marcus Smart? Was Marcus Smart going to go catch an alley-oop? I wonder if they were trying to either, A, make sure that if Anthony Davis guarded the ball that they were able to throw it over the top of Anthony Davis, or B, they were trying to lure Anthony Davis away from the action so that they didn't have to deal with his pterodactyl wingspan at half court, which in either case, that makes sense. And I understand. But at the same time, you, you ha- you're having Tyler Zeller throw the ball in on the most critical possession of the game. The last chance you have to tie it up and he throws it away. Well, didn't technically throw it away, but, but that threw had no it. It got, it got it got tipped. It went out of bounds, and they all of a sudden they only have zero point one seconds left. Then why and not? with zero point one seconds left, you can't do anything. Basically, uh, I was you know Kelly Olynyk. The problem is Kelly Olynyk fouled out, and I think maybe Olynyk would have been the guy that could have solved that problem because he's big enough and a good enough passer to make that play. But he had you fouled. know usually. 
usually Crowder is the guy they they have throwing yeah. the ball in that he was a high school quarterback. He 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 has been pretty damn good in those situations. You, you can probably remember him throwing the ball full court. I think it was to Jared Sullinger for a big bucket. So that that you know that's a loss that matters. That that's another time that Crowder's impact was felt, even though you know you don't really think about who's throwing the ball in. But when Tyler Zeller's doing it, it's it's pretty glaring that you could have somebody better in that situation. Yeah, I I, I think I still think there would have been a better choice, you know, you know, even like Jarebko, somebody, somebody else. I don't know that. But with point one, I mean, that's that's kind of nitpicking a little bit. No, but th- that was with that was with two point three or two point five or whatever it was. And no, I'm, he was I'm talking. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the point one play. Yeah, the point one oh, play. Who oh, the Zeller, uh, the other Zeller inbound. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was the same thing. But either way, Tyler Zeller inbounding the ball in either situation is is not great. It's we're talking about two separate plays, but there, there, either way, it would have been uh, not. I would have. I would have rather have seen somebody else inbounding the ball. I, I just don't want Tyler Zeller in that situation at all, and that goes back to the injuries. And there's just nothing we can say about that. Is the injuries are what they are, and hopefully, I'm hoping that when it comes to Al Horford, that the reason they didn't put him out there today was they were afraid that he would have failed the last step of the protocol and it would have sent them all the way back to the beginning of the protocol and then they would have missed missed him for sure on Wednesday. It doesn't send you back to the beginning. So what it does is it sends you back to the last step that you passed. So if he – I think he's passed jogging. He's passed most stuff. Uh, so he would have had to go back to like non-contact team but even drills. That, it still would have had to. Yeah, it, he it would have been would a have setback. Missed, he still would have missed the Wednesday game. If he if there was a setback, he would miss the Wednesday game. And you might as well take your chances with him uh, missing the Monday game and feeling like for sure you'd have him Wednesday. You get back to things, and then hopefully Crowder can be back for. Friday and the Warriors. Oh man, the Warriors. The Warriors. The Celtics are having enough trouble guarding the Pelicans, so the Warriors. That should be fun. That should be. That's gonna be. You know what? That's gonna be. A, we're sitting here complaining about l- losses to the 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 Pelicans, and all. they're gonna go out there and play the Warriors well. They'll, that's that's gonna be the Celtics' mo. Play down to the Pelicans. And then go out there and for some reason just go play the Warriors great. They look last year they played them great twice. They beat them in in Golden State and they had that awesome game at home. So with Horford back, with Crowder back, and Golden State's kind of sort of weakness with you know protecting the rim. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? All yeah. Right. Speaking of the Warriors, before we go, let's address this because this is a cautionary tale, and I think Brian Scalabrini yes. got kind of caught with his pants down on this one. The obviously there was this rumor, quote unquote rumor, that went around that got everybody buzzing. Like really, this was the big news cycle until more Demarcus Cousins rumors started coming out, but. 
Scal went on XM radio and said that he heard that the Celtics were interested in trading for Clay Thompson, who was available, and there was something about Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder uh, being involved in and in, in the pick. And so everybody went nuts. They lost their shit. Scal says he heard this. Scal says he heard it. This is the rumor. So we all ran with it. And then it turns out he saw it on some site that got it from a site that got it from a message board where people just make up their own trades. And so, yeah, what was the site he he, he put out there? Like the, I I, I mean, forget. I know I know Sports Rages is yes was involved. Some site in called Sports Rages was involved. There there was. A message board called NBA-trade-rumors.com. There was uh, – it was it it's was bad. pretty – oh, the and, Morning Ledger. The oh, Morning yeah. Ledger, an article written by Justin Bautista, who's among his other recent pieces include Nostradamus possibly predicting a coming World War III <laughs> – why the Chicago Cubs World Series victory will result in a surge of babies this year and some wild speculation about an NCIS Los Angeles character's health. So Justin Batista, probably oh. not a lot like Adrian Wojnarowski or Shams Sharania <laughs> over there. Yeah. <laughs> not exactly the vertical Scott was checking for his news. Jesus. I mean, like, you know, I know, we – we plug in things. I have my, my RSS feed reader and all that stuff and my Google news alerts and I just anything that can kind of alert me to some breaking news. And these sites, they show up and this this is something that personally just pisses me off because they get onto Google news. Somehow they get onto Google news, which is part of the problem that Google puts it out there under Celtics news and people see it and they read it and it's on Google News. So you say, oh, well, this must be legit. So I don't know how Scal came across it, but somehow he came across it. And then for some reason, he said it on his XM, Sirius XM radio show. And he says it in a way that makes it sound like he heard it as if, oh, yeah, I was you know talking to the guys out back and they heard, you know, I heard that something like this might be going down. And it's Scal. He he's a former player. He coached with the Warriors. He is in the media. So it's not outrageous. He's not a newsbreaker, but it's not outrageous for him to hear something. And then he said it. So you're I, like, oh shit. Yeah, it, it, and what complicated the or what made it seem even more legitimate is he is currently a Celtics commentator. He worked for the Golden State Warriors as an assistant coach in his previous job. So like he has ties to both the organizations. He's throwing this out there and it, t- it turns out it was from my man, Justin Bautista. So, so, <laughs> and, and to, to be, to make it blatantly clear, I, I'm a huge scout fan as an announcer. I think he does a great job with the X and O's. I think he points out things that a lot of analysts overlook and he's really sharp, but this one, he probably wants to do over on that one. Yeah, well, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. This is not a this is not a scal attack or anything like that. It's it's a cautionary tale. It's something that 
it, it happened to Scal, and when when it happens to somebody like Scal, it 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 blows up. But it happens all the time. People on Twitter are always sharing things like, "Is this legit? Is this legit? Is this legit?" Asking me, asking you, asking other people. This stuff just gets out there. It's all like fake crap. You got to look at where it's coming from rather than just someone posts something on the internet about player X and player Y and you say, oh my God, look at where it's coming from. Consider the source, follow the links and you can easily go back to the, you, you know, you get back to a point where you say, this is just some dude on a message board saying, yeah, I think this would be interesting. They need defense. The Celtics need offense. Uh, yeah, let's give it a shot. So just, I know you're right. Scal wants to do over for sure. And, you know, at least he came out and admitted it. And it should serve as a lesson to everybody. Just be careful with the rumors because they're out there and people are trying to get paid off of making you click bullshit rumors. So just be careful about it. That's all. That's that's the thing. Be careful out there. My favorite was when... My favorite was when Jeff Green came into his post-game press conference and started off by saying, I don't want to get traded. <laughs> I, I want to stay here. And we're all looking around like, what the hell is he talking about? And he had read a, a BS fake rumor, and <laughs> he wanted to make it clear. He wanted to stay in Boston. So Jeff Green <laughs> got duped. Scal got duped. Don't get duped, people. Listen to the, the usual suspects. Get your news from the right people and and stay on your feet if Tim Fraser pump fakes you in the final second. Seriously. Seriously. Stay on your feet. Be careful what you're uh, reading on the internet and go to MacWeldon.com for your underwear, socks, t-shirts, and hoodies. Use the promo code LOCELTICS. You get 20% off. Just tie it all together, I like, man. This what, I liked how you did that there. That was nice. Just tie it all together. So, all right. All right. We're going we're gonna, to end it there hopefully the Celtics this is it get it out of their system hopefully Al Horford's coming back hopefully Jay Crowder's coming back and this is it this is the last week I think if we take a quick step back Jay final note after all of these injuries if we sat there at the beginning of all of these injuries and said okay we're going to be a 500 team through all of this I think even though I've spent a lot of emotional energy lambasting the Celtics for a lack of effort in the end to say that the Celtics came through all of these injuries as a 500 team. And we're now a game or two away from getting everybody back. That's not too bad. Yeah. Vorford, hopefully he'll be back Wednesday Crowder, hopefully by Friday and then we'll finally be able to get to see the Celtics at full strength. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. It'd also be nice if you guys would subscribe to the show. If you haven't done that already, on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever it is. Grab the RSS feed from our Audio Boom page, plug it into your podcatcher, and it will show up when we post this, uh, which is shortly after we record every night. We're here Monday through Friday just for you, just for your drive to work, home from work, at the gym, out on your run, 
Whatever it is, wherever it is that you listen, thank you. Rate us five stars because that really helps us out. Not only is it a big ego boost, which we always need, it helps boost us in the ratings and we rise up a little bit higher and we get a few more listeners and we all just get to share in the love and share in the Celtics fun. So that's the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.